Welcome, my friends, to the Journey to Grateful podcast. This is a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I am your host, Tim Begonia, and for today's episode, I'd like to share with you 12 tips for supporting a grieving friend in a way that just may allow you to understand aspects of grief that you were not aware of. Before I begin, I'd like to remind you to share this podcast with someone you know dealing with their own grief. The more we know and understand about grief, the better we can help others and more importantly, ourselves. Remember, the podcast can be found over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but also directly at journeytograteful.com. Now, over on the website, you will also discover stories from myself and my contributors. We're sharing our experiences with our grief journey, and you can sign up for a bi-monthly newsletter sharing additional tips and guidance when it comes to helping a friend through their grief. Thank you once again for stopping by today. Now, let's take a look at these helpful hints. So before I begin, I'd just like to let you know my voice might sound a little bit different. It is uh, dealing with a little bit of a cold that just won't let go. So on with the show, as they say. Now, I know it can be difficult to know what to say or what to do after someone experiences death of a very important person in their life. If you've never experienced a close personal loss of someone, you can't truly understand the details and the impact it can have on your life. And if you have experienced a loss, but perhaps not the same type of loss as your friend, you will have a, an idea of the general loss on how that loss can and is affecting them. At that point, it's not a matter of understanding their specific loss, but a loss and its impact in general. And that experience can help you better, better understand the common pitfalls of grief. Today, I would like to review 12 tips for supporting someone who is grieving. Now, these tips are taken from the Horizon Home Care and Hospice and their specific grief resource center. As you will see, these tips cover several details and suggestions that are put forth by someone actually experiencing grief. Words of wisdom, so to speak, directly from the source, from people who have experienced the grieving process. Our goal here today is to use these tips to help you guide your help into a genuine and sincere expression of support for the person that you would like to help. Now, we as humans, we want to help. And if you're anything like me, when you help, you want your help to be beneficial. I am always looking for a different or more meaningful way to help that hasn't reached their doorstep two dozen times already that particular month. I want it to matter and to, to really help them, but I want it to be more than just a meal placed on the, the front porch or a card sent in the mail. So let's examine these 12 tips and see what makes sense for you to potentially put into action for your newly grieving friend. For tip one, there are times we feel paralyzed in grief. We don't feel like we can reach out. Please reach out to me and help me move through my paralysis. Remember, it's okay if I say no because I'm not ready. Now, grief is a holistic human experience, meaning that it can affect our mind, our body, and our soul. Many people don't realize that grief can be felt so physically. 
but there are times throughout grief where the body can be affected through feelings of paralysis and other swings that may affect an individual's ability to function at the level they may be accustomed to. Now, helping someone get back to life is a noble thing to want to help with, but remember they need to do it on their own time. Reach out and ask them to join you for coffee, maybe brunch or a small social gathering if you believe that they are receptive to it. But honor their need to say no and understand you need to know why they are saying no. You just need to be okay they are saying no and show them that it is okay to say no. Tip number two. In grief, I can feel as though I'm not able to physically do some things. There are those times when I might just be irritated that I have to do things that feel meaningless, but are a part of life. For a while, I may not feel like myself, no matter what people say and how they try to help. Now, after a major loss has occurred in life, we may feel a shift in our thinking and our priorities. So while our body may be responding in grief, as mentioned above, there can be also times when we feel other life tasks as tedious or meaningless. It can actually be helpful to have someone with us to help with these daunting tasks. Now, priorities take a huge hit in grief, more specifically the perception of what's important and what is not. And let me tell you, Someone who is grieving has a low tolerance for things that seem frivolous and unworthy of their attention. Simple everyday issues that used to be very important are now trivial because truly they are, and most likely they always have been. But from where they stand, it is clear that so much of life, more specifically so much of what people are complaining about, can become a huge frustration for them. Understand their point of view. In fact, you might want to take a glance from their perspective as well. You'll be surprised at how much of what used to be important just simply is no longer important. Tip number three. There is no timeline for my grief. It takes a long time to feel and do what might be seen as typical life tasks. Now, society has this idea that we can grieve for a few months or even up to a year and then we should be functioning like normal, quote-unquote. Grief turns our lives upside down and pieces of it will stay that way forever. There is no magical timeline when someone will be over or be done with grief. And those two things are huge with quotations. Allowing someone to find their way through the grief journey is a gift. Help them learn how to build their lives up again in whatever way they feel is right for them. Just being there and letting them show up however they are that particular day is sometimes the kindest and most compassionate thing we can do for someone that we care about. Now, if you are a long-time listener... You know, this particular tip is one I bring up quite a bit. In my opinion, it is one of the most misunderstood details of grief. And let me detail this by adding that every 
person's experience with grief and how they process it, the time it takes to move through various perceived stages of grief are simply different. Don't take your experience with grief and imply to someone else they should be here or they should be there by now in their grief journey. It is and always will be different for so many reasons, such as their strength, the closeness of their loss, if their loss was sudden or if it was a long illness, the age of the person that has passed, their entire history with that person over the months and the years and perhaps the the decades. So much goes into their grief because so much went into their relationship with that person. For that one reason, this is why everyone's grief journey is different. Understanding this will go a long way to helping your friend in the very best way that you can. Tip number four, please be honest when you are reaching out. I know it may be hard to think of what to say, but platitudes don't help. Now, comments such as, at least they are in a better place, or perhaps you should be grateful they are no longer in pain, are usually meant well, but are not comforting for a grieving heart. We have heard people say that sometimes they need all they need is for someone to just say, I'm sorry, I love you. Or maybe to just show up and have their presence shown that they care. And even just a hug to say what we can never quite put into words. And it's actually okay to say, I don't even know what to say right now. Trite canned comments should not be used, period. Avoid those comments and go for honesty. Expressing what you're feeling can be refreshing and a refreshing take on simply saying, sorry. Show them that you too are grieving and offer them the idea that they and you can have an honest discussion simply about how much this moment in time sucks. Being honest Being yourself, being that friend you have always been, is all you need to be right now. Tip number five, reach out often. It helps me to see that you are not just doing the right thing by saying you will be there, but that you actually mean it. Now, we often see that support from family and friends will drop off around the three-month mark, but the individual's grief just does not. When someone is only three or so months into their grief, things can still seem very, very fresh and raw, so they may not be able to or want to reach out to you. Many grievers feel like a burden to those around them. Follow up on what you said you would do. While people want to be there for their grieving person, they may offer to help if it's needed. Sometimes in grief, we aren't sure what we need. So try to offer concrete tasks that you can help with and know you will be able to follow through with. This tip is far more important than I can say. It is everything. The concept that people get back to their lives and the world goes on while the grieving are left to navigate an uncharted path on so many levels is just reality. Making sure that they know you haven't gone away provides them with the comfort that someone is always there. 
That's not to say they will need or will engage with you every time. But the power of knowing you are there, the reminder that someone cares and understands in some way, is immeasurable and far more underrated than it should actually be. We're going to talk about tip six and seven at the same time. Tip six. It's okay to check in on me and my grief, but please don't feel the need to comfort me when I express myself. Now, it's a myth that when we are dealing with a friend who has a problem, that we need to fix something for that person who is upset. We are all hardwired to to have a full range of human emotions. And while it may not always be comfortable to feel them all, or to even see others feel them, it can be invaluable to just allow someone to express what they are really feeling and just to be there with them in that moment. Unfortunately, grief cannot be fixed, but we can sit alongside someone and help them carry the heaviness of grief. And tip seven goes on to say, please know that I have a very low tolerance for insincerity right now. I am met with many helpful phrases in my grief. This is so true. Emotions can run high in grief. Many grievers are met with so many big expectations of themselves and a society that doesn't really understand or appreciate how tough of a journey it is. This leads to people making insincere comments that can really hurt a grieving person. Please don't worry about saying the right thing, quote-unquote, and just speak from the heart. This person is more than their grief. Speak to them as the whole person that you know and love. Now, checking in and even sitting down and chatting doesn't mean that you are there to fix your friend or their situation. Consider that. You know you can't fix it, but you can help to make it a bit better. How? by possibly giving them a slice of normal. A conversation that is not afraid to bring up their person, but that does not center around their loss or their grief in its entirety. Give them some normalcy by being as normal as you can. Being together as normal as you would have. Tell them a story of another friend that they would appreciate. Bringing them into your life as you normally would, perhaps. Sharing with them things you usually would share with them. They need to start feeling normal, and these small gestures will help. Remember that last line. This person is more than their grief. So speak to them that way. Tip 8. When you are asking if you can help or if you would like to get together, be specific. Ask me when or give me some times. I may not feel comfortable reaching back out when I am looking to get together. Giving a general statement makes the offer feel less genuine. Now, your general statement of, I'd love to get together soon, may have a wonderful intention of not pushing the grieving person too much. But the flip side of that is that these words have just been turned upside down and grief brain, you know, the general fogginess, can keep them from feeling up to making a social calendar, even if they would love the company. Have a conversation about this. Come up with some dates and listen to what they need. Invite them to let you know if they are ready and then keep checking in. 
And when possible, create a specific time, a specific place, and a thing when you are suggesting to get together. Such as, are you available for coffee Tuesday? Let's get away and head up to that new place on the river in Cedarburg. It's going to be a beautiful morning. Set a time and set an expectation. Just coffee. Let's chat. Stop over for a drink. This past Christmas, in fact, a friend of mine and neighbor who had recently lost his wife contacted me one evening. Actually, I have to correct myself. It was his daughter who texted me on his phone. And she simply said, We're having homemade pizza and decorating the Christmas tree. Any interest in stopping by for a bit? In this specific situation, it was definitely a two-way street. But a wonderful and very specific invite that was casual, easy to say yes to, and ended up being a great two hours of reminiscing, sharing frustrations, and even smiling in stories and memories. Exactly what was needed for him, for his family, his daughters, and for myself as well. It was quite wonderful. Tip number nine. Please don't think and say that you understand what I'm going through. Now, in many situations, humans use stories to connect and offer sympathy and empathize. Many grievers are met with stories from others about the grief they had experienced. While this is meant to show connection, it can actually feel rather overwhelming and disconnecting. When in deep grief, a griever's emotional bandwidth for others' stories may not be very high. Try focusing on that person's story instead of bringing your own losses in right away. It may be more appropriate to add your stories down the road, but right now, they may just need their loss acknowledged. And that's it. Now, this one should not have to be a tip, but unfortunately... You know that it must, and I know that it must from experience. As someone a bit distant said those exact words to me and continued to compare my loss with one they had experienced decades before of a pet when they were young. Just just don't do it. If you have a common loss thread, it will be obvious to your friend and one of which you need not say anything. You will simply get it, and they will appreciate that you do. Tip number 10. If you have asked me to an event, the most helpful thing you can do is follow up with me, and even plan all of the details and just check to make sure it all works. Now, grief brain again comes in here. The general fogginess mentioned before may affect an individual's ability to make decisions, plan out details, and put small things in place. It can be helpful to ask specific questions to help plan things out, ensuring it will feel comfortable for them, and then maybe even help them get to the event so that they don't have to worry about that aspect of it as well. There is so much burdening a grieving mind. It, it can be nice for them to feel supported for life's events. Now, this one goes hand in hand with number eight, but it details something slightly different. That fog we sometimes find ourselves in while dealing with grief. Now, here's what I mean, and this may be very specific to a loss of a spouse, but not exclusive. 
Although my wife Colleen and I had time to plan quite a bit before she passed, there were still bills and account details I had to deal with after the loss that can be very overwhelming. There is so much more to deal with after loss than anyone truly prepares you for, and many details you otherwise took for granted when your spouse was here. School for our boys, for one example, came with admittedly simple and clear processes, which became a bit daunting after my loss. Looking back on it, it became that way for no obvious reason at all than it being another thing I had to take care of, alone, by myself. These things, although in many ways not that daunting, become so because of all the other things piled on top of that to-do list. This is the fogginess, or the grief brain, that is being referred to. And if you can help by not placing anything more on that pile, that would be the very best way that you can help. Tip number 11. Don't be afraid to talk about my person. Now, we always ask that you check in with your grieving person first to see if they would like to talk about their person or if they are wanting a grief break at the time. Many times people will no longer talk about someone who has died or even say their name. So it can be wonderful to be able to have these conversations. Some individuals have shared that they feel that now their person has died, people act as though they never existed and avoid speaking of them at all costs. Now this can be so hurtful as they are missing their person every second of every day. Share stories. Say their name. Don't forget that person who died was more than their illness or the cause of their death. Help your grieving friend to continue honoring and celebrating their person's life. Now, I'd like to suggest that you take cues from your friend on whether they are open to speaking about their person or not. In my personal situation, I freely talk about Colleen in conversations that warrant it. I will bring up a memory or offer something Colleen had done or said. And this is what I mean by taking cues from your friend. If they are comfortable with speaking of their person, then you may do so as well. And I welcome people to bring up Colleen for so many reasons. She was such a large part of who I am and who our family is for more than 15 years. For her to suddenly not matter in conversations would be to suggest she did not matter before her passing. Secondly, her memory truly does live on inside of us, inside of every one of us. And speaking of her memory allows who she was and how she had influenced us to live on as well. For me, it's more of a subtle celebration of her life each and every time we speak of her. So please, speak of our person. And finally, tip number 12. There are times I might need you to care for me by being direct and letting me know that you are going to help with something, and even giving me permission not to help. As mentioned previously, many grievers feel as though they are a burden to others. They may need more assistance in different seasons of their grief journey, but know that others have their own lives to attend to. Take time to really listen to your grieving person. Do they not want help? 
Or are they using language that makes them seem as though they are not wanting to burden you? If you have a close bond, maybe it's time to confidently take the reins and let them know that you'll be here to help no matter what. You may even give them permission to step back and rest or do something to take care of themselves instead. Now, I'd like to speak of the giving permission not to help. In this sense, you can provide them time to perhaps help themselves, uh, to take care of themselves with no expectation of helping you do whatever it is that you are going to do. During the time my wife and I engaged in home hospice, I had felt the pressure of other aspects of our life slipping into the, onto the wayside, one of which was very visual outside our front door, weeds on the landscaped berm out front. I reached out to a friend in the neighborhood to ask about a neighbor of theirs who had a son starting a side lawn care business. I mentioned the weeds and the fact that I had just couldn't leave Colleen alone to get out and deal with them. Early the following Saturday morning, our dog was constantly barking, which was a little bit unlike him. As I glanced outside the front door, I discovered that neighbor, her daughter, and another friend pulling weeds and raking the berm. As I went out to scold her in good fun and thank her, she simply said to me, I have no idea how I can help with what you are going through, and this is what I can do. And with that, she directed me to get back in the house and do what I needed to do. It was such a priceless expression of help and a specific directive for me not to try to help myself that I will always and forever be thankful that she did that for me at the time that I truly needed it. So let me ask, what simple outside-the-box thing can you do for your friend who is grieving? What conversations have you had with them that they have shown you an indication of something you could do for them? When you discover that, do it. Be there when you can. Help out when it's possible. Give them a solution for a part of their life that at the time is just a bit more difficult than usual. And don't stop being that friend you have always been. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me on the Journey to Grateful podcast. I do appreciate you spending a few moments with me every week. I really, really do. I'd like to remind you to never hesitate to contact me via email or give me your feedback over at tim at journeytograteful.com. You can also leave me a voice message or text me directly at 262-298-2428. That's 262 chat. Go ahead. Even if you just want to text me, use that number. Let me know. Give me some feedback on the show. Give me some questions. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, we do have a newsletter. It comes out every two weeks and it's a great resource for inspiration, support, and new things happening over at journeytograteful.com. And by the way, have you subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Why not? Doing so will notify you of new episodes and help grow the podcast. Which brings me to rating and reviewing the podcast. 
If you like what you are hearing and what I'm doing here, please share your opinion. Many ask why. Well, reviews help others find the show on Apple, and Apple thus serves it up to more and more people, so you can be part of making a difference for others. And lastly, stop over at Journey to Grateful on social media. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. Simply search at Journey to Grateful. Now, before I sign off today, I'd like to share a simple quote. It's by 18th century poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. There's no grief like the grief that does not speak. Let us all remember one thing. The person we have lost deserves more than silent memories we keep to ourselves. They deserve that their story be told again and again and again. Please help us tell their story. Thank you once again for stopping by and sharing with me your time. As always, may you continue to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.